Everybody, my name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Betting Podcast Network. It is uh, July 13th, it's Monday night, so you know what that means. It's time to talk a little NBA basketball, but before we get to that, let go. Let us go through the uh, the lineup that we have for you this week, tomorrow, Tuesday, double content day for you, as myself and Raider Jim are going to uh, break down horse racing. Del Mar is- I'm going to be on that podcast too. I'll be in the background, but I'll have my two cents. Perfect. Uh, Del Mar is in session. So we are uh, ready to make money off of that. We haven't really had an opportunity to uh, make money yet. That races were the first opportunity. But right behind that, obviously, are going to be uh, baseball and basketball. And then right behind that will be football. And then also on Tuesday, tomorrow, we will have uh, Josh and special guest. Joe from the Wolf Line, he'll be joining Josh. They're going to let uh, – Josh going to kind of let him have his little soapbox for the first half, and then they're going to talk about the details of a fundamental and technical analysis when it comes to sports betting. Wednesday is 2016 California Tennis Coach of the Year, Brandon Lupian and myself. It's our weekly show as we talk about the top sports gambling stories of the week. Thursday is, of course, Matt Bird, who is actually currently live on the streets of St. Petersburg uh, as we speak. Anyways, on Thursday, he will be uh, joining us for his weekly chat on corruption in American history. That's always a treat. And the week will wrap up with, as we've moved on to now our fourth conference, this will be the Big 12 football conference. We've already begun to dive in, as I said, to the ACC, AAC and the Big Ten. If you missed any of those podcasts or any of the other podcasts, anything we've ever done, head to ecosystembusinessconcierge.com. Everything we've ever done is in there, and all that stuff is highly, highly educational. Then we moved to Saturday, and last Saturday was the first time we did this, and we're going to continue to do this all Delmar season. Live stream with me, Josh, as well, and we are going to bet the ponies at Delmar. Obviously, no fans, so we will do a little live uh, online betting, join the live stream so that you don't have to uh, kind of rely on my Twitter abilities to get the picks up in time. But if you follow that stream on Saturday, you will have the perfect opportunity to make money exactly like we did this past Saturday. And of course, Sunday is time for baseball. That is all Sunday is baseball. And as we get closer to the season, we are going to have lines to hit. Obviously, this next Sunday will be the last off-season show, pretty much the longest off-season ever. You've heard the longest summer. Well, this is the longest off-season. It all ends uh, in, a, in a couple weeks, or about 10 days, actually, as I say that. So with that, it is, of course, Monday. It is time to talk some NBA basketball. I introduce my co-host, my partner in crime. It is the local u.s corruption historian uh, i i call him the bulldog of the podcast because you do not want to be on the other end of this guy josh vizke how are you doing tonight sir every day is a great day it's only i keep saying this 
It's, uh, you know, it's one of the things people miss in life. And it's that life is short. Every day is a great day. There's only about four or five really bad days. Like four or five plays decide a college or NFL game. It's only four or five days that are truly bad. Every other day, it's not going to be given to you, all right? Uh, it's not a Bernie Sanders. We don't talk about politics on this podcast at all. We love Bernie Sanders, Bernie from Brooklyn. We love Pocahontas. I'm kidding. We don't call her that. We love the esteemed senator from Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, single mom. She's done a phenomenal job in Congress. She did a phenomenal job with the banking system. She's done a phenomenal job in the Senate. We might not agree with her all the time, but she, you got to admit, she, she's done a phenomenal job. She completely obliterated Mike Bloomberg in that debate. You know, I wouldn't want to mess with Elizabeth Warren, right? We live in the greatest country in the world. And we're very fortunate, lucky, and good that we can participate in democracy. And you get, like Elizabeth Warren says, right? As a single mom who's made it all the way to the top, you get to decide most days whether you want to be happy or sad. And it's taken me over probably a 30-year period to get to the point where I am truly happy 80 to 90% of the time. So I'm unfortunately lucky and good that we're able to do that. It's great. And, you know, like we said, it's, it's, we get closer. During this whole pandemic shutdown, whatever you want to call it, since mid-March, I think other podcasts have either stopped or, you know, focused on other issues that don't really give you value. And it's the best part of our podcast is every time that, that uh, little record button up in the top left goes on, uh, the value is flowing. But of course, Wednesday or Mondays are the NBA podcast. That can only mean it is time to find out what Adam Silver did this week to get Josh ready to go. As, as I said, that's why I call him the Bulldog. I'm going to take him off his leash, and uh, I hope Adam Silver can get away. Take it away, Josh. Adam Silver's not getting away because it seems well, let's recap for people. They're like, okay, what what is it you have against Adam Silver? Uh, and the answer is I have nothing against Adam Silver. Actually, I love Adam Silver. I only wish Adam Silver the best. However, he started off good when he fired. Now that looking back on it 2020, it seems like it was it was a hoax when he fired Donald Sterling over racism, right? Uh, he fired over racism for what he said about uh, what he said about Magic Johnson to that prostitute he was dating, and she recorded him, and he got three billion dollars. That's why it seemed like a setup because Bomber already told him years ago he went, he was going to pop down out of his fifty billion. He was going to take three billion of it and buy the Clippers. Uh, and Adam Silver knew about this as the deputy commissioner to one of the most corrupt commissioners in the history of sports, uh, the side of Landis, uh, David Stern. So Silver takes over. This happens. And, I, you know, I said, this guy's doing a good job. He's a good PR guy. Uh, Stern got him there because he's a Madison Avenue PR guy. And I didn't mind Silver because the games were so rigged. 
It was easy to bet NBA games and monetize them. So that's what we're here about. We're here to help you make money watching sports. And uh, we'll have that argument tomorrow, all right? I even heard it on C. We are the real CNBC of sports betting. We, you hear other people like uh, the Fraud Network, otherwise known as the Action Network. Those guys are complete chicers, frauds. So it's Barstool Sports, Portnoy, who at worst committed securities fraud, pumping and dumping, buying stock, getting his uh, moron idiots to buy the stock, and then he sells and he makes the money, right? And then you got VSEN Sports using Jimmy the Greek logic. Well, Jimmy the Greek is dead, and Jimmy the Greek hasn't had a winning percentage betting games in 40 years. That's why we are the most legitimate podcast in America. And you say, why are you analyzing Adam Silver so much? Because when you pick a stock, you have two uh, fundamental ideas, right? And you use decision science. Decision science is taught at Stanford University and used by the top hundred companies to make business decisions. So the same way you pick a game is the same way you pick a security or you analyze an investment. Then you use, people ask me, well, do you use fundamental, fundamental analysis or do you use technical analysis? And people trying to sell you technical analysis will say technical analysis. And those trying to sell you fundamental analysis will say fundamental analysis. But if you're a guy like me who manages portfolio of people who have more than $20 million, the answer is both. Because you better be right. Because if you're wrong, you're losing people's life savings and you'll probably end up in jail. So I can't make wrong decisions. Here on this podcast, we can't make wrong decisions. We're not like Stephen A. Smith, Colin Cowherd, Clay Travis. All these people get paid before they make the decisions. That's why they don't tell you that break-even is 52.5, and we live between 52.5 and 70 to 80%. In fundamental analysis, it says you have to research the management of a company. So that's why we talk about Adam Silver so much. So then as we study Adam Silver, we found out that he gives Duke University $28 million. He's on the board. And he's conspiring with Mike Krzyzewski to shut down March Madness. Now, March Madness is near and dear to my heart. Why? Because in 2011, with my buddy Victor from Arizona, my witness, he'll be on the podcast testifying, like they testify in church about Jesus healing and the testimony. He's going to testify of us going 90% in the NCAA tournament in 2011 and making boatloads of money. We can't even take the money out of Vegas. We had to get $10,000 cash and have the checks, two separate checks sent to us after that. And Adam Silver wants to shut that down. Adam Silver wants, he's conspiring with Mike Krzyzewski. He gives Duke, he's a graduate of Duke. He's a lawyer, right? What do they say about lawyers? Lawyers equal liars, all right? Uh, how do you know a lawyer is lying? when they open their mouths and when Adam Silver is a lawyer. So when he's opening up his mouth, he is lying. Adam Silver is corrupt. Now, another reason we hate Adam Silver is because he, he came out and said, how can people live check to check? 
Well, look, the NBA's living check to check. They refuse to give me the league pass, even though uh, the season's regularly over. All the rest of the games are going to be on ESPN. They're not going to be on the regular home market. Where's my money, Adam Silver? If you're so high and mighty and you got $28 million to give to Duke University, who has a, an endowment of $7 billion, they don't need it. They don't need it, Adam Silver. So he gives them, right? Then number three is Adam Silver's relationship with China. China is a communist country. I, I uh, based on the book Stealth War by a general who was in the Trump administration, I encourage everybody to look on the podcast, go to our YouTube channel, and listen to the evidence we have about Benjamin Yu. He spent $300,000 for a $100,000 semis in California using the same game plan from the book, The South War. They have a plan. Now, uh, very happy that the leadership in the Republican Party has been listening to the podcast and have heeded my warnings and local activists as we sent letters to the Republican Central Committee because this Benjamin Hughes on the Republican Central Committee, we outed him. And now you can go on Google and now the Republicans are considering subpoenaing putting out a subpoena to Adam Silver to appear before Congress so he can explain his relationship with China, as uh, Trump would say, China. It's a corrupt relationship. Uh, and, and on top of it being a corrupt relationship, I think Adam Silver, in my humble opinion, got bamboozled and cheated and taken advantage of by the Chinese Communist Party. Who knows how many billions of dollars he lost? Because the Chinese, again, they're a communist country, and really what they have is an elaborate Ponzi scheme. So for people that want to learn about the Chinese Communist Party, read a book, man. Read a book every once in a while, and read the book I read, The Stealth War, by the general for the Trump administration. And he's not crazy like Peter Navarro. That, you know, he looks like a wild-eyed, Crazy man talking about China 24-7. This guy is a sober, legit guy who tells them what we're doing. So that's why Adam Silver is going to be subpoenaed. All right? Uh, the other problem Adam Silver had, he did not educate the LeBron Jameses of the world. We got pissed at Daryl Morey when he pointed out the cruelty, the oppressive behavior. Now, ask yourself a question. Who's getting oppressed more? Now, Brandon First doesn't get into politics. But if he did, I would ask him, who's getting oppressed more, the people in Hong Kong or us minorities here in the United States? I live in Southern California. I live happily. I live in luxury, if you would say. I love the place I live. And I'm personally, as a minority, not being abused like the people in Hong Kong, right? And that's just the background, right? We're going to add another one. Every time we come on, we're going to give you new information why Adam Silver should immediately resign from his position as uh, the degenerate, as the uh, vile, corrupt uh, thief that he is as commissioner of the NBA, right? 
I've been reading articles, the cruelty. he rather kill people, kill family members in the NBA and get profit, putting him in the bubble instead of uh, his original plan when he got pissed and had Krzyzewski call the ACC to ch- shut down that tournament. And then after they shut down that tournament, uh, the Big East was going to play. NCAA was still going to play. And he called another corrupt buddy of his, Bill Self, shut down the tournament. Bill Self did it. And then Adam Silver, with, with, with a vein coming out of his neck, was yelling at people to shut things down. He wasn't doing that out of the goodness of his heart. We know how cruel this man is. He doesn't care about the people of Hong Kong. He doesn't care about people, right? So Hong Kong is proof that all this fake crying, crocodile tears Adam Silver had during March, worried about the people in the pandemic. He doesn't give, he's ready to kill people now, all right? What he wanted to do was shut down the NCAA tournament because he wants the one and dones to play for him so he can get money because he got bamboozled by China. So the cruelty that he's showing in the bubble is this week's reason for um, uh, callous. We can throw that word now in now, callous. Callous Adam Silver to resign as commissioner of the NBA. He already has more money. He's great grant. He doesn't need it, right? Let's let's put in uh, somebody like Brandon Furr, somebody like that as commissioner of the NBA that, 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 that has the best interest of the players and the people in mind, the fans. Because without us fans, what do you got? What's it, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people alienated that they're not getting their money back for the league pass. I can afford it, but there's some people out there they, they need the, the NBA League Pass. It's a distraction, like this podcast is for people, to distract them away from COVID-19, from riots and recession. He's not doing that, right? What's he doing? He's taking uh, money from the mouths of people, right? All right? So for that and many reasons, we ask the immediate resignation of Adam Silver as the commissioner of the NBA. And just just a, a note on that. Um, if Hong Kong would like to be um, treated fairly by the NBA, all they got to do is write about a billion, $2 billion check, and Adam Silver would be more than happy <laughs> to allow players to put free Hong Kong on the back of their jerseys or stuff like that. But come on now, all they got to do is cut a $2 billion check, and Adam Silver and the NBA – will be more than happy to accommodate um, that, that, that situation. But we move on. Uh, really kind of the main part of this podcast is, as we do get closer, is the return. And look, we're based in Southern California. Josh is uh, Orange County. I'm San Diego. The Lakers Clippers, I mean, that's pretty much what basketball is in Southern California. That is going to start us off, or it will be on opening night. I don't think it will actually be the first game. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter because they're not on the West. I don't know, but it will be on the first day. We are breaking it down for you. Josh, what have you got for us today? All right, so you don't – they're one of the main tenets of the podcast. We encourage everybody, and we're going to disseminate it – Either uh, this week or the beginning of next week, we're going to repost. I'll read over it, see what new information we got. It's an article that I've been writing really for 10 years after we came back. Uh, because, I don't know, Brandon First is in the same boat I am. 
we were raised too well by our parents. Uh, the parents took us to church. What, what does church do to kids, right? It creates guilt. Puts them with a huge guilt complex. So felt guilty coming back from Las Vegas four days where everything was paid for by the NCAA tournament, right? That Adam Silver wants to take, rip, rip. He wants to rip March Madness from our hearts, <laughs> right? He wants to rip it away from us, right? Talking about Gringe. Uh, remember Gringe, the guy that stole Christmas? This is the guy that's trying to steal March Madness. Adam Silver, Grinch. The Grinch of spring, Adam Silver. But uh, felt guilty, man. We felt guilty that we made all this money. We had checks sent to the house. We got cash in our pockets. Bulging out of our pockets as we left the casino. Uh, and the staff, not the staff, but the management were giving us looks and never come back. We made money. We lost money on those taxes. <laughs> right? They're going to have pictures of us. We were like, they're going to have pictures of us at the, at the sports park. Don't let these guys in and bet. <laughs> they're going to wipe us out. And uh, we felt guilty, man. We felt guilty about it. And so I said, let me get back to the people. For the last 10 years, I've been working on this blog that has come out. I'm going to get a diversity one that I, as the head of the Orange County Diversity Council, as president of it, I'm going to come up with an article, what real diversity is. So this article is the top 10 rules of betting, right? And the first one has to do with an underlying, you know how people have underlying factors. One of the underlying things we teach society in this podcast is emotional and impulse control, right? Makes you a lot of money, right? Emotional control, they've uh, done studies, Warden, Harvard Business uh, Review, that emotional and impulse control is one of the things that makes you more money in business than anything else. So you never bet on your own team, like your own kid. You know, impulse, well, yeah. Oh, minus three, that's nothing. They're going to blow them out. Well, no, you don't do that, right? You save a lot of money. Controlling your emotions. Number two rule of betting is always do your research. So even though the Clippers right, and the Lakers are not playing until July 31st, we will start breaking the game now. You just We didn't just roll out to Vegas to start making bets. We have been watching these teams for years. John Calipari has put more money in my pocket than 90% of my family members. I mean, that's just the bottom line. That's why I love John Calipari and Tom Izzo and Andy Reid and all those guys more than like 90% of my family, all right? So actually, we even feel like their members are our family because of that. They have the dopamine center in our brains. You know, when I see John Calipari, boom, it hits the dopamine money center in my brain. So we start breaking it down now. Uh, big injury report today. The unofficial coach of the Lakers, uh, Ray John Rondo, broke his wrist. He'll be out six to eight weeks. And when you look at a point guard, he's the quarterback of the offense. Uh, let's look at how the Lakers are really run, right? Because fundamental analysis, you have to – look at the management of the team and the management of the Lakers is a house of cards that can 
uh, fall at any minutes. Who's the real coach of the Lakers, Brandon, first? LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James is coaching the team. Is LeBron James a coach or a player? Historically, if you want to look at historical, right, and you want to go to technical analysis, it looks at data. Uh, what's the last coach who was a good player to win an NBA championship, and which one was any good? I think you're going to have to go back to Casey Jones like 40 years ago. And Larry Bird got the Pacers to the finals, but he didn't win the finals. When Larry Bird coached Pacers, literally a team together, people were saying Larry Brown put together. Larry Brown was there. Larry Brown didn't get along with anybody. He started fighting with Larry Bird, and Larry Bird said, damn it, I'll coach the team. And I think he took the Pacers to the finals. And he was pretty good, but he didn't win it, right? Magic well, he wasn't a player coach, right? Huh? Larry Bird wasn't a player coach, right? No, he wasn't a player coach. It hasn't been, well, the last player coach to win was, I believe, Don Henson in the 50s when he was the player coach of the Celtics. Yeah, I think the NBA was rigged now. Came back in the 50s. <laughs> All right. So there's never been a player coach ever, right? I think maybe uh, the guy for the Celtics, the black guy, was a player coach too. He ended up being a regular coach. Uh, he had no offense, but he was a great defensive guy. Matched up against Wilt. I think he did well. I don't think he won a title, though. As, But it hasn't happened really in our lifetime. Because when that happened, I wasn't even alive. And I'm 50 years old. And that was going down. So there hasn't been in modern history a player coach ever to do well. And LeBron James and Josh Paul's coaching the team. People are like, who's coach? Josh Paul. He's a high school dropout very intelligent business advisor of LeBron James, all right? Uh, so be, besides that, the, the assistant to LeBron is Ray John Rondo. He's hurt. He'll be coaching from the bench. Uh, you have the offensive coordinator, which is Jason Kidd, who his mind isn't there, right? And I've won a lot of money uh, analyzing assistant coaches that are looking for their next job. That ruins the uh, – that ruins the vibe of everything, okay? Uh, and then you have Vogel. And Vogel's embarrassing, right? But Lincoln never should have put him there. Even from the first press conference, nobody was paying attention to him. I remember LeBron was working out and wouldn't even say hi to him. He was just like, a face like this. LeBron was like, yeah. Vogel? All right? And they never come to that. And then the, the, it rocked from the top, right? Uh, Jeannie Buss. Even though she's in her mid-50s, she's older than me. She's still like a party girl. Nobody, I mean, she has great lawyers that defeated her brother. But at what price? Almost seems like she's broke trying to get PPE loans. Come on. Oh, you know, Kanye West is supposed to be this big baller. Has Kimmy K uh, bankrupt another husband? That he's He got $5 million of our hard-earned. Can you imagine that? And you don't get into politics, Brandon, first. But, man. $5 million of our hard-earned tax money going to Kanye West, right? What a country, richest country in the world, the U United States of America, all right? So that, that looks like a disaster, right? Because you got Palenka. Palenka's only there because of Kobe Bryant. 
Now Kobe's gone because it, the whole thing was that Kobe didn't want to be in management. He wanted to be in the movie industry, making documentaries. And he had Palinka there to do the work 80, 90% of the time. And then when things got over Palinka's head, he would go to Kobe and Kobe would come in because Kobe didn't have the time to be there full time. Well, unfortunately, Kobe is not there anymore. And it's just Palinka. And who respects Palinka from a, from a standpoint, right? Who, who respects Palinka, Brandon, first? I'm sure there are people, but they're not wearing Lakers jerseys. I can guarantee you that. Right, right. I then, hope his dog does for his sake. Man, I, I tell you, I think Avery Bradley was on the Lakers to defend Lou Williams. Lou Williams really is un- indefensible, man. Uh, he's 6'8", 6'9", those long arms, uh, getting off the shot. I know me, I was 5'6", <laughs> and I'll never forget uh, uh, Barry Brown, who played in the NBA, and now he's a coach at a major high school in St. Pete, Florida. His son is Barry Brown Jr. in the D-League. I remember... When I got on the court, Barry Brown was like, man, don't do that, man. You're going to get your shot blocked. <laughs> and, you know, he taught me the pump fake so I can get my shot off. Because I'm 5'6", I can't get my shot off. Lou Williams, 6'8", long arms. He can get a shot off every time. You need a tough defender like Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is not there anymore for the Lakers. Who did they replace him with? J.R. Smith, right? And if we saw that in pressure situations, uh, J.R. Smith lacks impulse control to the point where in the middle of the riots and pandemic, uh, a guy barely scratched his truck, didn't do any damage. He chased him down. He beats him up and then shoots a video on Twitter of him beating him up. Brandon first, is that showing he's a professional athlete. He could have pulled a hamstring, could have broken his hand, punching this guy, right? Is that exhibiting emotional control of a professional, a guy who's basically a corporation making millions of dollars. No, um, but he is human being. I mean, it's not like he was clocked on. It's not like he was, you know, things happen. I I can't. Would you do that with your girl? Let you do that? If somebody accidentally bumped your truck, would your girl let you well, run? I don't, I don't, some guy was up? it an accidental thing? I don't, I don't remember the thing. I don't, I don't know, but I, yeah. I know that in certain situations. He didn't situations, get a pin on his truck though. Okay, well, would I do it? No, but I also know that, you know, there's 350 million people in the world, and and, and no, thank God, you know, most of them aren't like me, but we also live in, well, not live, but we're talking about a industry and an uh, entity that if you're a professional athlete, no matter what sport you play, um, you are... You, you're wound a little differently, everything. Um, and, and, and I believe that most people f- have almost a God complex of, right. of, of a, I am so-and-so. I, whatever I do, people, I mean, we see it with celebrities um, when things happen. And I say it all the time. Like, unless someone yelled action, I really don't care what Hollywood has to say. You know, uh, uh, you, it doesn't matter to me. 
Um, uh, go make, you know, good movies. That's fine. Leonardo DiCaprio, fantastic actor. But no, I'm not going to take my social cues from you who make millions and millions of dollars. And that's, I think, the main thing is we're, we're talking about a person that, um, or a group, the athletes that make a, good, uh, a lot of money who almost feel like they had to have done that because now if he didn't chase him down, what's to say that homeboy doesn't post something on Twitter and all of a sudden he's getting, which is stupid because you right. shouldn't care about that, but that enters the mind and that's where we are. I mean, just going by today, um, Kyle Kuzma t- uh, tweeted out, I think it was just a, it was an emoji and it was kind of like the, the face that's just kind of like all fed up, you know, just the eyes yeah. closed. Well, you don't get into politics, right? But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. But, culture, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, but what I was saying is, is when that happens, so Kuzma puts that emoji out, right. and that's that's when everyone realized that Rondo got hurt. So my point is, is that ah. now this is now the way that we're essentially getting news uh, is through Twitter and through social media. So while would Brandon where would you get your betting news from? Oh, well, you know where that is. Us, man. Of course. We'll give you the information. We, uh, we are, we, we, every day. we are the drug dealers that do get high on our own supply. <laughs> but um, in, in the way that w- the world works now, especially for athletes, is the social media game is, for some, I mean, I, there are some people that I, I it's funny, I try and tag them uh, on so Twitter. What we do is we follow. Oh, no, they don't, tw- don't even have a Twitter profile. So. We follow our own business advice. We don't get high on our supply. We follow our own business advice, and yeah. our methods. We don't just talk to talk. We walk the walk, like uh, Ric Flair would say. <laughs> exactly. Woo! But yeah, you're right. Uh, the world we live in, I didn't even know what cancel culture was until I got explained today. By Joe, who's going to be on there tomorrow from the Wolf Line. And uh, first report. Explain to me what that was and what that is. So all, all I'm doing is reading financial papers all day and business strategies and uh, complex derivatives, and then I take a break to use that knowledge to monetize watching games, right? So J.R. Smith is a drug addict, right? So drug addicts lack impulse control, as you learned from his mistakes. No, he chased down the guy, tried to beat him up, we could have pulled a hamstring and lost millions of dollars. That's J.R. Smith. That's who replaced Avery Barley to a uh, guard, uh, a guy that I follow on Twitter, uh, a guy who, when you meet him in person, he's always chill. I like Lou Williams. So I'm going to bet on Lou Williams over J.R. Smith. Can J.R. Smith match with him one day? Yes. But on a consistent basis, Lou Williams is going to get the best at him. It's a hot hand coming off the bench now uh shortened seasons right who's it going to help and i think baseball is very interesting right uh so i was talking for i don't know anything about baseball we're going to bring in a college softball superstar brianna winner i love her last name and that's her real last name brianna winner she is a winner and uh she's on this podcast uh we made it clear anybody messes with her she messes with Brandon first. She messes with Brandon Lupian. She messes with myself. Definitely don't want to mess with Craig Miserec or even less Raider Chill. 
Yeah, that's the so, main one. That's the last thing you want to do. Forget, forget about the four of us. You definitely don't want to. You don't want to fuck with Raider Jim. <laughs> so that's why Brianna Winner has gotten herself into. Nobody will ever mess with her, especially like on Twitter. That's not even happening. She'll get the full kabanch by like a million people. Now they're the experts, but in my mind, back of my mind, you know, something kicked in about. Uh, Strasburg and Sercher, man, in a, in a short these, – these teams with big two-people two combination in a shortened season, that's going to be tough, right, because they're going to be going. Uh, L.A. Times today, no limits on uh, Leonard. And I'm lucky, privileged to go to the Rancho Santa Margarita 24-hour fitness when it was open. And they have this huge sports complex, right? And I would drive by at 7 in the morning and see Kawhi's car. Then I would go to the gym at 10 a.m. Kawhi's car still there. I'd go to the gym, work out for two hours, and I'm leaving at 12. Kawhi's still there, and he's chilling, walking to, into 24-hour fitness. Open the door for him, and he's like, the whole quick. Nod, 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 chilling with his headphones. I mean, I'm like, like, damn, that dude been working out seven, eight hours. So he's going to be in shape. Uh, no limits on him, right? Uh, first thing I talked about, Lawrence Frank. Now, Lawrence Frank has documented anger issues and impulse control issues. And he's been kicked. He's not allowed to talk to any players. He's not allowed to talk to any coaches. But he's a brilliant defensive mind. I'm sure that guy's coming up with some serious schemes. Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers, the steady hand. Bomber, right? He's not a party girl like Jeannie Buss. Bomber's a serious. Uh, he's on the board of regents of USC, all right? Uh, he has $70 billion. He's building that arena. So I'm going to ask you this, Brandon, first. He's building an arena in Inglewood. He's giving $100 million to the community there, to income inequality, to poor people. Are the Lakers, are, let me ask you this, Brandon, first. Are the Clippers going to get the call? Of course. Um, but I don't necessarily think it will be right away like the game we're talking about i'm looking no. further ahead i'm looking down the line i think a lot of these seven game series with the lakers this eight game whatever when i call it window dressing it's kind of or preseason i mean obviously there will be rankings or there will be shifting going on but the lakers and clippers i mean unless i think the clippers have to go seven and one and the lakers have to go eight or oh and eight and even then, I think it's a half-game difference, and I think the Clippers get it. But So it's going to be Clippers 1-2, or Lakers-Clippers 1-2, and the NBA is going to – we've talked about it. Right. The NBA is going to do everything in their power to get Clippers um, – or I'm sorry, Lakers-Pelicans in round one, 1-8 one series. They're going to try and get um, Doncic and the Clippers together, ideally in the quarters. Um, and then they are all ending on – Kawhi versus LeBron in the finals, and then the winner of that versus Giannis, or I'm sorry, 
So Kawhi versus LeBron in the conference finals, and then whoever wins that to get Giannis in the NBA final. But just going back to Steve Ballmer, it is interesting with Jeannie Buss. Jeannie Buss was a lot more hands-on. Steve Ballmer is pretty much, here it is, like, tell me when I can show up and dance and act kind of goofy. Well, you got to remember, Jeannie Buss is controlled by Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis, and that's another disaster. But but I'm just saying. who's Who's a better basketball executive? Lawrence Frank or Linda and Kurt Rambis? I I know Kurt Rambis was oh, yeah, not Jerry, great Jerry as a West. coach. I don't really know. Who's the better who's the better executive tandem? Because that's really where they're at at that point. Executive tandem you have. I, I don't really know the Lawrence Frank. Side. And I just know Steve Ballmer isn't a part of the player personnel. Like I know Jeannie Buss would have comments about player personnel. Steve Ballmer doesn't do that. So no. That's the only thing yeah, that I was saying towards Buss's, that. Uh, comments about player personnel came, comes through uh, Kurt and Linda Rambis. She never really says that. Yeah. So my point is that going head-to-head, uh, Jeannie Buss, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis versus Jerry West and Lawrence Frank, what do you think, Brandon Firth? I, I'm sorry, Kurt Rambis. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not quite sure where you're going with this. I hope I didn't mess that up. I'm, I don't, like uh, I said, yeah. I, I don't know the executive sides. I know that yeah. the Lakers have been good for 20 years because they had Kobe and Shaq and Jeannie Buss was a part of that. I didn't know Lawrence Frank was a part of a front office till about three weeks ago. I'm, I'm just kind of here to kind of facilitate. I don't know that deep into it. That's what I was kind of trying to get. Well, the answer is that Jerry West and Lawrence Frank are better executives than Kurt and Linda Ramos, right? So Jeannie Buss uh, plays around, right? Uh, she's not as serious as Bomber because it, when you look at the management team, uh, the fish rots from the head down, right? So head-to-head, Bomber over Jeannie Buss, a level down, is Kurt and Linda Rambis versus Lawrence Frank and Jerry West. So those two guys have the advantage. And then you go down to the coach, man. As, as we analyzed it today, right, as you and I analyzed this, and I know you come fresh into it, right, but just because the audience is fresh as well, using a Socratic method, we come up with, man, the – the Clippers long-term, like you're saying, in a seven-game series, long-term, you got to look at the Clippers. Got to look at the Clippers. Definitely. But not necessarily in the first game. Now, the first game is, what, plus one? I'll pull it up here. Probably. All right. And then in handicapping a game, again, it's impulse control, right? Uh, you don't use – a knee-jerk reaction and say, oh, look at that line, bam, I'm going to make that game. No, you kind of analyze it. Kind of let it sit in your mind. And then I've been watching basketball for about 41 years, right? So for that and many other reasons, that's why we get 70 to 80%. Because I'm not picking the game now. I'm seeing what's the line, right? And then I look at the line movements, right? You look, okay, this is what the line is. What are the line movements? 
And at the end of the day, nothing. All right. And that's the big mistake people make. Right. Is that they feel that if the lion, because Rondo gets hurt and it's only his Clippers minus two, right? They can just make a wager on it on that factor. And it is. You got to weigh many factors. Okay. It's almost, and I hate to say it because we did a study on the homeless, but it's how do people come homeless, right? Never just one thing. The guy uh, gets cancer. He loses his job, right? And his wife divorced him. Those three factors made that guy homeless, right? In the same way, picking a game or picking an investment, it's never just one factor. It's never just technical analysis. It's never just fundamental analysis. It's not only decision science. You use all three factors, right, to measure uh, who's going to win the game. And that's how you get that high percentage. Another caveat in picking games, because at the end of the day, what we are is an educational podcast where you get the information and you come up with the right outcome, not 100% of the time, not 90% of the time. Because if you come up with, if you come to me and say, oh, I was 100%, I'll be like, man, you're not paying attention to your family. You're, you're a degenerate. You're not paying attention to your kids, your job. All you're doing is looking over stats and picking games. <laughs> and that's not healthy either, right? Uh, but, right? To ensure a result, you have to eliminate variables and covariables, right? And eliminating variables and covariables gives you a high probability, using probability theory, to come up with a correct outcome of a game, right? So I'll go through a list, because I was talking to somebody today. We'll go through a list of 10, and I'll make sure they're on the, the, the rules of betting. But you got probability theory. You have eliminating variance and covariance. You have arbitrage. You have return to the mean. You have technical analysis. You have fundamental analysis, and you use the concepts of decision science. And uh, don't forget common sense, because as Dr. First says, common sense is not so common. Exactly. Right, doctor? Exactly. I think uh, most people deal with that probably on a rather daily basis. <laughs> exactly. So that's the Clippers, man, and uh, the Lakers. Uh, next week, I think we got to look at uh, the Jazz, the Utah Jazz. What what are Utah Jazz going to bring to the table, right? What are the Denver Nuggets going to bring to the table, right? Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. Uh, Toronto in the east. And then you got the Pelicans. And then you're going to have that fake battle for last place in the west. 
we've been predicting for months now it's going to be the Pelicans. But what is Portland going to show, right? Another team to look at is Dallas. Is Dallas going to get the calls because Mark Cuban has a billion dollars and he runs his mouth a lot? He's always threatening refs. Is Scott Foster in the bubble? <laughs> you got to check that out. Uh, I know uh, Lionel Hollins isn't going to be there. But he has underlying conditions. I doubt Steve Ballmer is going to be there. He, he, as great as a guy he has, as much respect that has him as a business person, he screams uh, underlying conditions. So. Well, and I mean, he. Okay, I, I still go back to the. I know you put him in that top tier. I don't think the guy could tell you the difference between a regular foul and a technical foul. He signs yeah. the checks. He knows at the end of the game, if the Clippers have more than the other team, then they win. Other than that, I mean, he's 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 the money guy. And I know, like I said, I'm not quite sure about front offices, but I do know that Jeannie Buss, for an executive, was very hands on, um, or is very hands on. I sh- I don't know why I'm speaking in the, uh, the right. past tense, but. Um, so, and, and Steve Ballmer is, I think I've had this theory from the very beginning, the Donald Sterling situation, whether it was rigged or not. Um, cause I mean, at the end of the, or not set up what, or what, whether it was set up or not, I mean, that was him making those, um, uh, oh, yeah. him saying that, I mean, it was not like set up right. I and mean, he was a racist period. I think he was just outed at the right time when they, Hey, we have a bidder now. Um, and that started in my mind, and I will go to my grave with this theory. And right. I don't even know if it's a theory. I think it's proven at this point. But that was the beginning of the dominoes that started the Chargers to L.A. Because the Clippers, before, with, with Donald Sterling, were uh, maybe behind the Browns in terms of the laughable franchise in all of sports. I mean, the – Worst, they had, what, four straight number one overall picks and not a single one, like, made it to year three. I mean, how can you miss four times? Um, and it's just the most ridiculous franchise, and it sells for, what, $2.2 billion? Yeah, I really kind of don't blame Dean Spanos. Now, the way he did it was just incredibly stupid, and it's blown up in his face, thank goodness. But, now, let me ask you a question, mm-hmm. and we'll finish on this. As a San Diego guy. If you're Mayor Faulkner, do you give Spanos the downtown real estate, or or do you or you regulate him to Mission Valley? See, I don't. I never looked at it like that, and I tried to tell the people, and not like anyone's listening to me. But but when this was going down, I was trying to tell my friends, "I'm listening to your doctor." Or we wouldn't able to. We we shouldn't have looked at it like the Charger Stadium. That opens up so much. All of a sudden, we're in the we're in the running for Super Bowls again. We're in the running for Final Fours. We're in the running for the, when the World Cup is coming. We would have been in the world uh, the the running, possibly right. Olympics with LA. So when everyone says, "Oh, it's the Chargers Stadium and it's it's eight games," blah blah blah. Well, guess what Qualcomm is or whatever the hell it's called. It's the right. world's most expensive used car lot. That's what it is right now. That's what Qualcomm Stadium is, a used car lot at this point, and. And, and so you can answer my question. Would you have given them downtown? You say, hey. No. Um, yes, yes, definitely. If, okay. if the way it was set up, yes, I would have. Now, is Dean Spanos a person that the Better Business Bureau puts up as, as a model citizen? No. But for the city of San Diego, 
the way it was broken down, it was a highly profitable situation. Now, would the city have probably screwed it up? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. But we're talking about hoteliers are the only ones paying it. And I think it was, what, six cents more a night? You're traveling to San Diego State at the Omni. You're not worried about that six cents that goes up. So, and now, obviously, all everything that's happening now, okay, now it might have blown up in their faces with the hoteliers. But it's at the time when it was happening, the, the blame went to the Spanos because I really don't think Dean Spanos, I lived in the city. We've all see, saw it. Right. There was, I mean, Scott Kaplan, bless his heart, he, he might have been the biggest lobbyist of all, and he wasn't getting paid. Nobody, either, either side, wanted it to happen. It was the biggest. No, Dean Spanos could have came out and said, yes, if we get 50% of the vote, we'll stay. Instead, he said, no, 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 we need to get 66%. You're never getting 66%. He knew that. It was a self-sabotage situation. Um, and like I said, I don't blame Spanos for doing what he did. I understand. Yeah, you put I'll, LA. Say, I'll say that with my knowledge – of uh, studying local politics, my opinion, uh, somebody wired money to an offshore account into the account of Kevin Faulkner uh, to say that he wanted downtown developed rather than the Chargers uh, being downtown. Uh, from my time in San Diego downtown, it looks beautiful with, a, with another, it will be two stadiums, right? Because you have Pickle Park which is close to downtown, and the water, and you would have had a Charger Stadium that us as sports fans, we wouldn't have mind. Uh, then what are the long-term economic impacts of a stadium versus the hotel, right, or whatever, the convention center, or whatever they're doing down there, right? But it's over, right? And usually when that goes down, it's because the local politicians got paid and that's why we talk about local politics on the podcast, because it bleeds in to sports betting and some of the outcomes of the games, right, that we've monetized. Like when Katrina happened, we bet a lot of money on the Saints going all the way to the Super Bowl, and they did. They won the Super Bowl. Katrina, new stadium. Uh, Atlanta got to the Super Bowl when they built what? Guess what? A new stadium. <laughs> so... It comes into play. What are the Clippers building? A new stadium. <laughs> and well, Brandon first is right on it with the Holland World Trotter things. They'll lose early, they'll win late. Salesman thinks short term, businessman thinks long term. Exactly. And and we're in a situation now where that the Chargers look, both sides were stupid. It was and and we could all go back all the way to uh, Mayor Judge Dick Murphy, who who if the pension crisis wasn't the most maybe fraudulent thing that I've ever seen. Um, the Chargers probably would have had a stadium built like before 2008, 2009, but that's another story. And there is one thing to remember about the downtown thing is, and I know it could have been done some other way, but there was really only one piece of pro uh, property that would have been available. And it was the bus yard. And uh, it would, I think it, it was either like three or four years they would have either had to shut down public transportation in San Diego, which is trash already, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, they would have to shut down public transportation, or they would have to wait for four years. There were a lot of people saying, oh, maybe they'll go to L.A. for a couple years and then build the stadium, but that obviously didn't happen. So there's a lot of stuff. Like you said, uh, corruption is – and it's all it, everyone always kind of looks at the national level. And believe me, those guys, those guys have it coming too. But 
a lot of what it is is the local level. A lot of how are you affected, how you're affected day to day is your city council people and your right. your mayor and your wherever you are, the people that you get to vote for, the small group of people in your little district, those are the most important people. Um, and mainly because those are the people that are going to read your emails that when you're mad and they're going to be sad. Cause if you, know, you look at your dirty looks to them in the grocery store and try to exactly. shop. You, you, you send it, you'd send a nasty email to Donald Trump. Come on. He, he's got, he eats those for lunch. You know, you send right. a nasty email to your city council. Maybe it does something. Who knows? Um, be respectful of course, and all, all things. Of course. Yeah, no, but do your research first. First, oh, well, to rule uh, Benny, do your research and after you do your research based on your research write a letter based on that research and why you came up to that conclusion that the best decision for that city council because listen the the big scam that they're trying to uh, hook up some money with and get money wired offshore that's usually like one a year all the other decisions are up for grabs and you can have a a part in it and believe me, they don't want your dirty looks from them at the grocery store because you didn't pay attention to the nice letter you sent based on research. And you say, Josh, why are you talking about the Center of Sports Spending Cops? Because the same, and, I, and, and, and this is coming more to light when I talk to uh, Greg Wolf and Wolfline and we talk about how things break down. The same way local politicians rig things in local politics, as I've said in city council meetings, are the same subtle ways referees in the NBA and NFL manage games. Because again, right, Greg Wolf will tell you, because Greg Wolf has securities license like I did, right? Greg Wolf was an ostrich trainer. Now, if we, if me, as a, as a guy with a Series 7 security license, if I did what the NFL and the NBA did, does, I would be in jail, right? Because who's, Brandon, first, who is the employer of referees in the NFL and the NBA? The league. The league, right? So you don't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. Golden rule, who makes the rules? The person who has the goal. So I, I would even argue, I came to the conclusion, right? That if it ever went to court, that an NFL referee or an NBA referee rigged the game so the league makes more money, the ref would say that they have a, what they call a fiduciary responsibility, right? So. If Brandon first gives me $100,000 to invest for him and his family, for his future, right? As a person with a license, right? I have a fiduciary responsibility to Brandon first. What does that mean? I am responsible for that money to grow and to be a retirement that he could take out and his family can take out for his future, right? I have a responsibility to grow that money. So as employees of the NBA and the NFL, referees have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure the league makes more money. So if they rig a call so the league makes more money, it's technically 100% legal. But you say, well, what does that mean? 
What that means is since 2011, my wife Anna has not paid for gasoline. And I, it was a month ago, so it's probably like $400 more. So it, back then it was $28,800 in gasoline. And my wife Anna has paid based on those principles and based really on uh, what Greg Wolf would call uh, behavioral economics, right? And the difference between something, and we did a great podcast, maybe like a month ago, on the difference between something being highly unethical and illegal, two different things, right? And on top of that, even if something is illegal, you have the concept of selective prosecution. So I can almost be the lawyer for the rest on a recall. First, I would say it's a fiduciary responsibility. And then number two, I would say that the same privilege that local sheriffs have, that local law enforcement have for selective prosecution that the refs uh, may, may be legal in refs having selective, selective prosecution and selection of certain rules to ensure that both the NBA and the NFL make more money based on their decisions. And what happens? Brandon First and I make more money. Predicting that the decision-making is going to benefit the pocketbook of the NFL, which at the end of the day is what? Common sense. <laughs> and we have fun doing it. Because right? we're all going to be dead soon. And if you don't have fun, you're not doing anything. And if you need any, if you need any evidence of uh, what J Josh just talked about, just uh, all I got to do is Google NBA playoffs May thirty first two thousand two. Um, <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Uh, so that is about as plain of black and white evidence as you can get. And that's why this is the greatest podcast of all time, man. We we lay we give it to you straight, real talk, no messing around. Perfect. Dollars and cents. Who's Final making thoughts. that money, baby? That's what you need to ask. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll start the final thoughts off. Um, it was – it's – I like that we talked about the Clippers and the Lakers because, obviously, Southern California flair, and that's going to be – like I said, you can book book it that it's going to be Clippers-Lakers. It's going to take – I mean, look, COVID, COVID is, of course, still lurking. Um, obviously, we saw Russell Westbrook and James Harden um, test positive today. Uh, that's interesting, but I will say for them, uh, if you're going to test positive or if you're going to have a player test positive, now is the time. Right, three um, weeks, right? Three weeks to get But we also know that, you know, if, if LeBron James gets COVID during the Western Conference Finals, it will be, like I said, I believe it will be the, the, the end, the final scene from Indiana Jones and when they're pushing it in the Hall of Archives and the massive thing and that 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 positive test just gets buried in bureaucratic bullshit um i do expect that to happen so we'll see i'm i'm very excited because i do know that we're we're gonna hit the clippers i expect it to be clippers bucks in the finals um because i think the nba definitely wants john or Giannis, um and then they they, they need they need Le uh, Kawhi and lebron that's that's right. the money maker especially after losing what the last two months so right. i think the, the 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 tea leaves are there Hundred percent, hundred percent, and uh, we always end with Winston Churchill, who got through World War II history, right? Uh, as a British lit major, really don't have a choice. 
and it's that we make a life from our labor. We make a living from our labor, but we make a life from what we give. We're going to have uh, Brianna Winner on the podcast. She's going to be covering your angels, right, from a betting perspective. And she'll have a written report every week as well for those who like literature. And we're going to have a lot of literature when it comes to baseball. Brandon first is writing. Uh, what has become a very popular pandemic distraction and literary piece that he puts out every Sunday. All right. So we're going to get you rolling. We're going to have a San Diego Padres betting podcast. And then uh, we'll have a Major League Baseball podcast. All right. So we got you covered. NBA, it's Monday NBA betting style. To put money in your pocket, you can listen to each podcast in a series. You can binge them, right? And, and what is that? What's the result of that? Right? The purpose of that is to educate yourself on business and financial concepts, right? And what's the outcome? The outcome is making, right, seventy to eighty percent on your bets because fifty-two point five percent is break-even. In the ESBC betting and financial podcast, it's the real CNBC, the real Bloomberg of sports betting. Thank you for listening.